reading from the Acts of the Apostles. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, at three o'clock in the afternoon. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate, so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And the man fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, the man stood and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. O give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. He is mindful of his covenant forever, of the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. 
This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Alleluia. 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 The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On the first day of the week, two of the disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about 11 kilometers from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? Jesus asked them, What things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place, Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead, as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them, Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized Jesus, and he vanished from their sight. The two disciples said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. These were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. 
Then the two disciples told what had happened on the road and how the Lord had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Well, my friends, on this Easter Wednesday, halfway through this great continuous day of celebration of the Lord's resurrection, new life and new hope, we are presented with the gospel that for countless people is their favorite Easter gospel and perhaps even their favorite gospel of them all. And you know that on Easter Sunday, it is permitted to make use of this gospel, especially if you're celebrating a Mass that is later on in the day on Easter Sunday, as the evening is drawing near, so to speak. But um, I just find that there are so many fascinating things about this story that we almost can't even begin to get our heads around them. It seems as though it encapsulates the entire thing perfectly. First of all, though, I take note of the curious fact that this glorious story, so many people's favorite, so laden with symbolism, meaning, and instruction, that the persons who are in the middle of it are obscure figures, two disciples of Jesus. One of them is named Cleopas. That's not the name of one of the 12 apostles. We're not even given the name of the other one. We're not talking about the women who came to the tomb. We're not talking about Jesus' appearance to the apostles in the upper room. That kind of thing is all lying ahead. It's very strange that he appears to two obscure disciples whose only discernible characteristic is their hopelessness. Their discouragement, their disappointment, their hopelessness. We had hoped that he would be the one, which of course means that they don't think he is anymore although they don't know quite what to make of the stories that the women are bringing back about the empty tomb. Notice, as has been very strongly noted in many commentaries, what Jesus, veiled, stranger to them for the moment, does. Well, the first thing he does to borrow an image and an expression that is very dear to the heart of Pope Francis. He accompanies them. He walks with them. He simply is there by their side. He doesn't immediately try to undo their disappointment, their grief, and their hopelessness. He walks with them through it. And the other thing he doesn't do is immediately give answers. In fact, 
marvelously. It's absolutely marvelous. He pretends that he doesn't even know what they're talking about. What things? What's all this? Why is he doing that? Why do you think? He's doing it because that's what accompaniment is. You let people tell their story first. You listen. You attend to all of their hopes and dreams, including their broken ones. You don't run roughshod over top of them. You listen to them. And you allow them now to feel safe, secure, that somehow this stranger is actually understanding them and receiving their grief. Not solving it, at least not yet, but receiving it so wonderfully. And it is only after he has listened to everything that they have to say and how they are left like this, not knowing what to say next. Only then does he begin to explain and to uh, chide them, at least a little bit, because after all, there are things they should have been able to hold on to in hope, but like so many others, most others, they hadn't really held on to those things. What then Jesus proceeds to do in the next little while is the prequel of what Peter and John were to end up doing with that man who was crippled by the beautiful gate of the temple, to say, we'll give you what we have. What we have, we will give you. Well, what Jesus has, he gives us, and boy, does he ever give it. First, the word that illumines hearts and sets them on fire, a word that explains and brings to fulfillment and pulls together so many disparate things that are all over the place, scattered. And then the sacred bread of life, blessed, broken, and shared. And it is only when all of these things come together at once now that they actually do recognize what's going on, who this is. And it's interesting that he doesn't even have the need this time, as he did with Mary Magdalene, to tell them to go and share this good news. He vanishes from their sight and completely on their own, filled now with the Spirit of God. They make the decision that they are going to run all the way back to Jerusalem and share the good news. This whole thing, as I say, has been marvelously detailed as an encapsulation of the entire message of Jesus. It has been wonderfully described as a way of working your way through the Mass. Liturgy of the Word, Liturgy of the Eucharist, just fascinating. And it is a door opening onto the mission that we all have, a mission that begins when we recognize the Lord Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And we are well aware, very well aware, especially as priests, how much God's people long to break open the bread of life and there to recognize Jesus. That longing 
which takes the form of spiritual communions when everyone is gathered together around their computer screens and their television sets, watching that longing Jesus intends to fulfill in ways we cannot even begin to imagine. But hopefully, if we have ever been tempted to take the Eucharist for granted, these experiences that we have been going through will remind us never to take it for granted again. Because therein, Jesus is to be recognized, loved, and served. And we become his witnesses. We become a living Eucharist. And so, risen Lord Jesus, you who have told us much, given us much, shared all that you are and all that you have, help us that in our own poor way we can do the same. And now a few closing words from Father Martin. He is risen. Thank you for celebrating with us through our podcasts. We pray they have inspired you through Lent and helped you prepare for this time of great grace, joy, and renewal of faith. This was our second series of podcasts. Our first was for Advent. Over the next few months, we will be planning more initiatives to help serve members of our parish family unable, by sickness or other reason, to worship with us in person and to anyone visiting our parish via these podcasts. Please continue to visit our website for news and to access our podcast archives. Easter is a time of joy and renewal of faith. May God bless you and your family abundantly.